The first lesson this morning is taken from Matthew chapter 6, and it's part of um, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, where he's teaching his listeners not to worry. It's reading from verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. And if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself, each day has enough trouble of its own. And the second reading is taken from Philippians chapter 4, uh, verses 10 to uh, 13. And it's where Paul is, is thanking the Christians in Philippi for the gifts that they've given him. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. This is the word of the Lord. I want to do a... I want to do a song for you this morning. Um, we were very fortunate um, this year uh, through Grace Trust, Henry LaRue, um, Drugs and Alcohol. We were able to get a guy into rehab um, on the mainland. And um, this January, we were able to go over there and, and hook up with him and see him and uh, see how he's doing. And uh, he's kind of fallen into the clutches of a grace trust in that area, if you like. 
And uh, the last we heard, he was doing really well. Um, and I called up about five, six weeks ago. He said, he's doing good. He's all right. He's not brilliant. He's doing good. But he's on no medication at all. For the first time in his life, he was on nothing, which was a big step forward. And uh, when we were talking with him in January, he, he was talking about he'd had enough of counselling. He'd had enough of counsellors. He couldn't go there anymore. And he said, um, he said, because it just goes over and over, and I just get too many triggers and ghosts, man. And I thought, what a line. And I said to him, I said, say that again. And, uh, he said, yeah. and I said, can I use that line? He said, yeah. So I've used that line uh, for this song. And um, I just said a lot, really, to me. And so this song, I, I thought, right, Lord, take these words and use them, use them for you. So this is all part of the sermon, if you like. So if you, if you get into sermon mode, <laughs> don't think... <laughs> Don't think it's five past 11 and we haven't had the sermon yet and we've got Malcolm and we've got this and we've got that. Just, just relax in his, in his gaff. We're in God's front room here, mate. Yeah? And let's just relax and sufficient for the day. You've got enough problems with today, haven't you? As we heard in our gospel reading. Yeah, so just, just relax. This is a five minute, 15 second song. Okay. I can go behind love to find The only God I know When I get there I find holiness Behind which I can go In a busy hotel bar On a cold east coast Friend, talk to me a memory Triggers and go Triggers and go Triggers and go Sometimes you need to slow right down To see the beauty of this place Be at peace and released In his embrace But now and then the past can raise a glass To some long forgotten toast Stormy season memories Triggers and goals Triggers and goals Triggers and ghosts 
to believe you need to take a backward glance Grace revealed a promise sealed in truth over chance I got my hand on that plow don't ever wanna leave this post Stay on track and don't look back despite triggers and goals. Triggers and goals. Triggers and goals. The fullness of God was pleased to dwell from a humble stable stall to Kidron's hallowed dell. I got this truth to hold on to that by the Father He was sent. That in everything he might be preeminent Of his power and promises will be my only boast Invisible revealed now I can deal With triggers and goals Triggers and goals Triggers and Doing, fella. <laughs> okay, am I? Am I? How do I sound? <laughs> well, thank you very much, everybody. Um, sounds quite loud. Uh, right. Um, the significance of the cross. The significance of the cross. For me. The significance is at some stage now something similar to this. It could have been a tree. They weren't that fussed, them Roman guys. Anything will do to make a point. And we'll reuse the nails again because they're quite expensive. But for the church, for the church, it's, it's this thing of, of, of something in the, in the vertical and something in the horizontal. It's that thing of, the, of, of God actually coming down to earth through Christ. And yet, without that message of it going out, yeah, we've got something coming down and we need something going out. We need that, 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 that factor 
for everybody else who's not in this place this morning to be aware and at least know that this figure of Christ did actually come and did something for me. He did it for me. And that, uh, and that to, for the church to be able to dispel the myth and dispel the feeling that people feel that they weren't, aren't good enough or that they weren't worthy of God actually sending his own son and, and doing this for them. And I've always been in awe of how Jesus made himself humble before people. He was a king among the nations, a king among the nations, and yet a stranger in his own land. But he continued, didn't he? Oblivious to all of that because of the security that he had. And the whole thing, as you, you, you read the Gospels, as you see this, him going out into the multitudes, into the multitudes and having the multitudes follow him. Yeah, The whole connection, the reason why it makes sense is because it's by the Father he was sent. This is no guy on some self-appointed duty here. He was sent by the Father. All of the stuff that came down, all the people who had a brain at that time were aware that there's only one guy can do this and it's the Messiah. This is for real, guys. This is really happening. And it was because of this going out into wherever and to the whoever is what made his ministry what it was. And for us as a church, and for us as Grace Trust, that is what we're about. We're about this stuff that's come flying down, and now it needs to go out. Now it needs to be seen, it needs to be felt. And that's the commission that we have. It's a commission that's come from him. But the humbleness factor from his birth, yeah, is just, oh, it's just amazing. It's so stirring to me. You know, that by the Father he was sent, that in everything he might be preeminent, preeminent, at the front, man, not at the back, not along a line of everybody else, all these other guys who've done great stuff, who sacrificed so much, but he would be preeminent, that God's Son would be preeminent, that you would know of my love for you. That is what God was working through. And now some... 30, 40 years later, we have this true blue Jew in the form of Paul talking about contentment because in all of the things that he's been through and it's kind of reaching that stage now where appreciate all your feelings towards me. Thanks so much. You know, you guys are a real blessing to me is what Paul's saying to the Philippians. You've been, you've been, yeah, there's a few issues, man, but it's been great. As you can see in his writing, the days are getting close, you know. The times are drawing up here now. And yet he can still say after this, I ain't going to complain for once. I'm not going to complain because I have learned in whatever state I am to be contented. He had to learn it, didn't he? He had to learn it. You've got to learn that contentment. If you want God to move for you right now, I want you to do it here right now. Then that's not the way it's going to be. Because he knows best. And he knew you from the very, very beginning. He has been with you every step of the way. Every step of the way. There cannot be a time. Otherwise, he's a liar. If there's a time in your life where he wasn't there. And through the pain that you have gone through, the pain you brought into your life, he went through that as well. Because you're here right now. Because you're here right now in his front room, in his gaff. You've got your feet up on his stool, Jack. You're in his place. And all you have is today. 
And that's enough trouble for you as it is. So learn my contentment. Be content. Be content, he says. Now, I don't walk down Lewis Street in the morning knowing all of the Greek words. Okay. But the Greek for contentment that he's using here is autarkes. And it comes from a self-sufficiency. Content in the sense of being satisfied because of living in God's content. In God's fullness. This inward sufficiency is valid in low times of suffering as it is in the high times. To be happy with what we have. Where would you be on your journey of faith without him this morning? Where would you be without learning to bear the trials of life? The frailty of health. The uncertainty of the times in which we live. The trials of life and relationships. And yet for all of the things that we want, it's the things that we really need that count. And then needs are known by him even before we ask. You know, we can all want stuff. We can all feel that we know best when all along God is the one. But what do we need? And I wrote down here, we need community, we need interaction, a feeling that we are worth something, that someone does at least care for us and that we can show that we can care for them. And that has come through Jesus Christ to us. You know, when he said it's better to give than to receive. You get a kick out of that and you know that you're able to provide somebody something with something so means so much to them. You know, and it can come in many forms. It can come in you shutting up for a minute and just listening to them and just being aware of, wow, I can't believe that you're at this stage, you know, that you're here right now. There was a guy came into us this mo- um, in the week. We see a bit of him. But he was saying about how for him, he's decided now he does need some counselling. And he said, there's no point in me bleep bleep lying anymore. There's no point in going on with this if I'm going to just lie. Because ultimately, I'm going to end up lying to myself. Do you lie to yourself? Do you kid yourself at times? That you're content? You know the immediate answer when people say, how are you doing? You say, yeah, I'm fine, doing good, doing good. And you walk away and you say, yeah, I got this and I got that though. But you want to go into that because you want to be encouraging. You don't necessarily want to burden other people with all of your worries and doubts and feelings as well. But God knows that. And I'm so glad that I can't kid him. I'm so glad that I can't fool him. And I'm so glad that he was willing to go to the cross and know exactly how I know how you be, Vinny. I know how you'll be, Brett. Tony, I know how you be. I know how you're going to be. And I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to be there for you. I'm still going to show you. And I'm going to enable you and assist you in all of this that comes down to be able to spread it out. For my glory, not for yours. He had found the secret in all of what he had done. He said, Paul goes on to say how he has learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger and abundance and want. And the secret was found in relying on Christ who could strengthen him 
in all things. But for your faith this morning, can I leave you with this? For your faith, does it build you up or does it tear you down? Is your faith journey one where you just feel, man, I just, I, I just, it's, there's so many questions in it all. Does it build you up? I know what God would want it to mean to you. It would want it to mean relationship. He wanted to say, come to dad. Come to me. Come to me. We pray to a resurrected saviour. We pray to a resurrected saviour. I don't pray to, to something made out of stone or wood or some icon. I'm praying to somebody who's more alive than I am when I go to him. This great interior designer of mine. He's not too bothered with the exterior. He's not too bothered with how you look. It's with what's going on inside. Would you let that interior designer in this morning into you to perfect you and to enable you and to equip you, to give you the joy that he wants you to have because I have overcome this world. To know the resurrection power for Paul, all of what he's saying, he's not too far away from knowing he's going to get it soon. He's going to get it soon. I've pushed it and pushed it and pushed it and they're fighting against it all the way and I will go the way that it's been said, the way that all of my mates went as well. Well, let it be. Let it be. And yet he can still say that I would know his resurrection power. And we can aim for that ourselves. We can claim it for our own. And I'll tell you why you can claim it for your own. To go further and deeper into God because he claimed you for his own. That's why. For you alone. Not for you as you're because you're a member of St. Juan's or because you're a member of Park Life. You can claim it for your own because he claimed you for your own, for his own. That's why. You talk about personal relationship here. You won't get no closer. Talk about having the, uh, the, the access to, 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 to knowledge and to, to uh, confirmation and to peace. There is nothing like this message of Jesus Christ. There's nothing like it. So a recommitment to him will ultimately mean a recommitment to church because you are that church. You are that church. He wants you to be joyful in what you do just as there was joy in heaven among the angels when you came to repentance. Oh, does that mean somebody else? Or were you that good that you didn't need the angels to rejoice? Because read your Bible and it will tell you it will say that. It tells me where I stood before him. In that them angels rejoice because this lad called Vinny has chosen you. He's not going to get it right, mind. He's going to lose his rag in two days' time and he's going to think that he's not good enough to walk back into church because shovels went up in the air and he started letting rip. And I was like, what's going on here? But I knew what had happened. And I knew the change that he had made in me because I'd met the man himself. And I knew that, Vinny, you just got to get on with it, mate. And so I did. And it wasn't the first and it wasn't the last and it won't be the last.
but I can find joy in him. If them angels are willing to rejoice and say, Dad, Brett's made it, man. He's made that commitment. Jerry's gone for it. Then all the more can we shrug off all of the things that get in our way and dust ourselves down and say, you know what? We've got a great thing here. We've got a great boat to fish from. It's come down. It's time for it to go out.